0: For our scripture reading, we turn to Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, and we pick up in the ninth chapter, the 16th verse is the beginning of our stated reading, but I want to start with a piece from the very beginning of that chapter where Paul asks this, am I not free Am I not an apostle? Have I not seen Jesus our Lord? If I proclaim the gospel, this gives me no ground for boasting, for an obligation is laid on me, and woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward, but if not of my own will, I'm entrusted with a commission. What then is my reward? Just this. That in my proclamation I may make the gospel free of charge so as not to make full use of my rights in the gospel. For though I am free with respect to all, I've made myself a slave to all so that I might win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law though I myself am not under the law so that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, Though I'm not free from God's law, but I'm under Christ's law, so that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, so that I might win the weak. I've become all things to all people, that I might by all means save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, so that I might share In its blessings. This is the word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. The words of your scripture, the words of my mouth, O God, speak to us. Speak to us today. Release us from those things that hold us down. Lift us from those things that keep us low. Speak to us. Amen. So if you were to look at a map of Greece you would notice that it's made up of two bodies of land two large bodies of land, one to the north, one to the south and right in between them is this little sliver that, that connects the two and Corinth is right on that little skinny piece of connecting land. That's where Corinth is to this day. Today there's a canal that <clears throat> cuts through the, the land and helps ships easily pass from the Ionian Sea to the Aegean Sea. And, but back in biblical times, back in the ancient world, that canal was not there. And so if you were a ship that wanted to get from one side to the other... And you didn't want to risk taking weeks on end to go all the way around and risking deadly waters that not everybody made it around, sailing all that way around. What you did instead was you came to Corinth and you literally paid people to roll your boat across this little skinny piece of land to the other side. It took about two to three days. And so what happened in Corinth was because of that they had all kinds of people from all over, all kinds of places bringing their boats to go off to the other side, and it became this widely diverse place. Jews and Gentiles, Greeks and Romans, foreigners and locals, all there, a bunch of sailors who'd just gotten paid and were ready for a couple of days in R&R. Think about what that means. Think of all the possible things that The businesses and the entertainment that came about to give a bunch of wayward sailors some R&R with nothing but a paycheck in their pocket. Corinth became an anything-goes kind of place, a Las Vegas kind of town. What happens in Corinth stays in Corinth, you might say. And Paul was there, we were told, for about 18 months. He preached the gospel there for 18 months here in this cultural smorgasbord. And to go by what we just read a moment ago, you would think that he didn't have anything to stand on. To a Jew, he says, I became like a Jew. To the weak, I became weak. To those under the law, I became like one under the law. To those outside the law, I became like one outside the law. I've become all things to all people, he says boldly. Now, if we were to hear that today, our first response would be, Well, if you're to be all things to all people, that of course means you're nothing to anyone. That would be the rhetoric, right? If you're everything to everybody, then you're nothing. If you are for just about anything, then you're for nothing. What are you for? What do you stand for? Sounds like a wishy-washy kind of watered-down faith to me, we would say to Paul. And yet, to know Paul is to know that he's anything but that. I mean...
1: Nothing could be
0: further the tr- from, the, from the truth. If Paul's, if Paul's anything, he's, he's certainly not a pushover and does not have a wishy-washy kind of faith that stands for nothing. So if we know that about Paul, then how do we make sense of what he's saying here in the way that he preaches to the people of Corinth? What's he saying? Well to get an understanding and an answer we need to understand two things that Paul is trying to convey in this letter as a whole. And they both are centered around Christian freedom. This idea of Christian freedom. And the first thing is that he wants the new Christians there to understand and know who they are. He knows they live in a Las Vegas kind of town and anything-goes kind of place that they face and run into cultures from all over and people from all over and different beliefs and different religious practices and different understandings and, and all kinds of different things like that. And so he wants to get over, get across to them who they are in. Jesus Christ, no matter what all their other differences are, that for them, that is the thing that binds them and ties them together, that they, who they are in Jesus Christ. He starts off chapter one with that very thing, talking to them. He says, to those who are sanctified in Jesus Christ, called to be saints together, with all those who in every place call on the name of our Lord Jesus. And then he goes on just a paragraph later. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. He tells them that because for Paul, no, Allegiance, no culture, no business, no social club, no dietary rule, no other practice, no other belief has the same claim on them as the claim God has on them in Jesus Christ. That first and foremost, that is the primary thing. Nothing else can claim them in that way. That regardless of everything else, They are claimed together by God in Jesus Christ. That he wants them and us to know. A number of years ago, I remember a certain lecture series I attended at Austin Seminary down in Austin. try to go, they have a lecture series called Midwinter Lectures, and I try to go every year, not every, can't make it every year, but I remember one a few years back, a years ago, and they always have a couple of lecture people, and then there's a preacher, and the preacher for that one was an old friend of mine, Bill Carl, who used to be the senior pastor at First Pres downtown Dallas, and he's also a New Testament scholar, you know, a Greek scholar, a Greek Professor from Louisville Seminary, which you know means that he reads a lot and you know knows some things and or is supposed to know some things. And I remember being excited about hearing him preach again. I hadn't been, been a long time since I'd heard him, so I was excited, you know. And I will confess that I traveled to Austin with this eagerness to. Hear something brand new. You know, some profound, groundbreaking, earth-shattering news about God that would just blow my mind and cause me to chew on it for a while and rethink who God is and how God works in the world. And boy, I just was ready for something like that. And I, I was there in that little chapel and Dr. Carl stands up and Front of God and everybody, and says to us, Dear friends, in Jesus Christ, you are somebody. That's it. That's all he said. Basically, that was his entire sermon. You are somebody in Jesus Christ. Thanks friend. Why don't you tell me something I don't know? I mean, I just it just paled in my expectations. You're somebody in Jesus Christ. I think I already knew that. Shouldn't I already know that? Tell me something new. And of course, after I left there disappointed, that dang phrase wouldn't leave me alone. It just kept following me around and tugging on me and You're somebody in Jesus Christ. And I just kept hanging on that one little phrase. I remember nothing else he says now, but I remember that. You are somebody in Jesus Christ. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, yeah. Isn't that what the Gospel is all about? You are somebody in Jesus Christ. The things that you thought define you no longer define you. Why? Because you are somebody in Jesus Christ. That's what Paul, is trying to say to the Corinthians in a crazy, mixed up, all kinds of no holds barred, anything goes world, you are somebody in Jesus Christ. That's what he's trying to say. It's not a profound new thought for those of us who've grown up in the church. It's the main thought. You are somebody in Jesus Christ. No matter how much this world tries to push you and pull you and label you and categorize you and keep you in your place. Paul will go so far as to say, you are set free from those things because you are somebody in Jesus Christ that he wants you to know. The second thing he wants you to know is this. It comes later in chapter 13. It's the words we often read. You may recognize this passage. It's a passage, at least part of it. We read at weddings a lot. It's about love. If I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away all my possessions, Hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love. I gain nothing. Paul wants you to know that you are loved. You are loved. The reason that Paul can say things like, To the Jew, I become like a Jew. To the weak, I become weak. To this person, I become like that person. To this person, I become like that person. I become all things to all people. is because of love. Because he has a deep understanding of what it means to be somebody in Jesus Christ who is loved by God. He knows it deep down in the bottom of his being. He knows what it feels like to be loved by God. He knows what it feels like. Do you know what it feels like to be loved by God? Do you? Years ago, I... Will remember. I remember one night in particular when our oldest daughter was just a baby, just crawling. She was old enough to crawl, you know, kind of move around. They came to the early service, so I could tell you all this. <laughs> and there's this one night I'll never forget. She wasn't feeling well. You know, we were new parents. It was a, she had a fever, it was slight, nothing alarming, and we were told it'll be fine. Just let it. Just. And I had her. It, I, I was on. It was my shift. Because my wife had something at work, she wasn't able to be home that day. I can't remember what it was. She wasn't there, so it's just, just me and this little life. Wasn't feeling good. She was all drained and just uh, squirmy, and, uh, just. And I had to do the do the bedtime thing, you know. There's there's strict rules for getting to bedtime, and one of them is bath time. She didn't want a bath, but I need to give her a bath. I had to give her a, so I gave her a bath, and you know, and she comes out all shivering cold because of this little fever and wrapped her up in a towel but all she wanted was to be held it was obvious every part of her being all she wanted was to be held that was it but we have this you know we've got bedtime steps to take here so I I get her out of the bathtub and and it's it's pajamas you know I, I have to put the little pajamas on and get all that that takes it's you know they're a mess sometimes with the squirming little life that's just not happy and and you know, we do all this, we finally, 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 after these steps, we take that you know, and I get her to the room and we sit down and she crawls up in my lap. And it's like this magic spell was cast upon her. All of a sudden, her entire being changed, this squirmy little uncomfortable life settled into my arms and was dead quiet and still. She was safe. She was safe in the arms of someone who loves her. She was home I think that's what it feels like to be loved by God. Whatever that place is for you, where you're safe, at home, set free, from all the things of this world that try to bring you down. That's what it's like. That's why Paul does what he does so that someone else can know what it's like to be loved world, a world that more and more seems to be like anything goes, a world that almost doesn't surprise us anymore, a world not unlike the city of Corinth so long ago. To live in that kind of world, Paul wants to remind you, you are somebody in Jesus Christ. Brand that line to your heart. You are somebody in Jesus Christ, loved by God, that you might love like God. You are set free.